Hello and welcome to the latest episode from Wolves Fancast. Uh, Ryan Hooper here uh, this evening and on this episode I'm joined, uh, well virtually speaking, by Ben. Evening. Uh, we've got Gulley. Evening all. And finally we've got Matt. How are we doing guys? All good, yeah. How are we doing, gents? We're recording this for people listening pretty much, you know, an hour or so after the game. We'll go into the game in detail, but um, yeah, must be all pretty pleased with, with how tonight's gone. Yeah, it's just another one chalked off, really. Um, when you get to sort of this this first week back was always a case of just, just get these three games out of the way. There were three winnable games on paper um, and we've we've got two of them out of the way with you know, we'll go into the game, but without breaking too much sweat, even though the weather probably caused a bit of perspiration. But um, yeah, I thought I thought it was relatively relatively routine, really. Real, and as Ben says, we'll we'll touch on the game, we'll go into details, we'll go through a couple of the talking points, particularly being that it's the first sort of game back um, since football's resumed, and also we'll preview uh, the local derby as well coming up. But um, before that, um, really uh, a thank you um, from all of us at the Fancast um, for all the five star reviews that we're receiving. Um, if you enjoy what we do, um, we really appreciate your support, whether or not you've recently gone on board or you've listened to us for a number of years. Um, we've had some fantastic five-star reviews. So, really, we've, with Wars on the Pitch looking to move up the table, um, we're looking to do our bit and move up the podcast charts as well. Um, so, a quick shout-out to some of the recent reviews that we've had. Uh, we've had a review here posted from Woodman Girl, who says, Thanks for some great shows. Your podcasts make my week. She's probably right. There's some great shows. Uh, Dave and team do it do so well. This is from Billbrook Wolf. Great podcast. Uh, keep up the good work. One from Cheese Tomato and Angry, and I think this is my favourite recent uh, review, who says, subject genius, changed my life, couldn't be more grateful. Um, now, I don't know if Cheese Tomato and Angry has purchased something online and has got his reviews or her reviews mixed <laughs> up, <laughs> because it might just be overstating what we do, but we appreciate it all the same. So, Are we speculating on what he might have purchased in, well, in lieu of knowing? Well, Dan's got some is. good knowledge on some wish purchases that have changed his life. He might have got himself <laughs> a crossbow for £2.50 or something. <laughs> so yeah so so thank you to, to all of you who took the time so yeah if you like what we do then uh, we really appreciate it if you give us a, a five-star review on itunes um so moving on to to this evening the game that that we've just seen um first game back at molyneux um obviously an un, unusual circumstances and we know why that is uh wolves have done their best really to um i guess show their identity with Molyneux and the branding and so forth. Um, Gulli, if I come to you, what did you think of the, the ground setup and, and how that looks coming through on, on the TV today? Yeah, you know what? It, it's very difficult to pick fault with anything that the club do at the moment. Um, we've, we've seen today um, how badly wrong the whole fan mosaic um, you know, thing can go wrong. Um, <laughs> Up, up north, um, I won't mention the club just to draw even more attention to it. But um, yeah, it's 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 a class act. Um, the operation at Wolves, um, they 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 seem to get the tone right of everything. Obviously, they've 
you know, shouted at the um, the NHS workers and everything on the banners as well. And still, I, I noticed that they kept all the um, the rigmarole around um, the players entering the pitch pretty much as as it would be. Um, were, were there any fireworks? I can't recall if there are any fireworks and stuff. But um, you know, it's um, it is it, getting to not be there. But in in the absence of the fans, I think they've done a really good job of it. Matt, Ben, what what were your thoughts? Um... Well, I um, I cycled past them. I knew about half past four this afternoon. Uh, tried to get a little peek over over the bridge if I could. Couldn't see a lot, but I think Wolves have had their finger on the pulse when it comes to the aesthetics of the ground for a while now. Even going back to the League One season with the um, this is our love and it knows no division banner going across. It just I think that they have the aesthetics of the place is always really appealing to me, and I think. Um, the video that they put out earlier in the day was um, was really something as well. They've got a lot of people, I wouldn't say emotional to the point of tears, but, you know, it's, it's something really nice that celebrates the city and celebrates, you know, that the love of the game isn't gone, even though, that you know, even though we can't be there. So I think it was a really nice touch. And I think it's one of the, one of the best, if not better ones that this league has seen so far, in the, you know, since Project Restart's begun. Yeah, I think, I think we've seen, I think we've seen some at different grounds, around the country where they've looked a, a little bit soulless and I, I appreciate that it is difficult to to put sort of personality into a stadium where there's no supporters in but I thought I thought Wolves have done as good a job as anybody um, I think Man United have done a decent job as well and, and Liverpool's from what I've seen looks good as well but I think I think what the, the job that the that the club have done is it's just bang on and as as both of you have said already like it's difficult because they don't really do anything wrong at the minute, um, sort of on and off the field. I think this is it. They've just got it right, haven't they? The PR team there or the marketing, it's just it just works. And um, I know we're all sort of excited, as you say. We'd seen some of the, the games and the grounds and, and we kind of it was like, well, over to Molyneux, what are we going to come out with? So I'm with you. I think it just looked spot on. Um, moving to, 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 what, to on the pitch, um, Team selection, um, before we look at the game itself, he made one change and then Donka making way for Traore. Uh, were you surprised to see that? No, I don't think so. I think um, I've always been an advocate of Traore starting a game. I think sometimes, you know, despite how well he did when he came on against West Ham, if he does come on late in a game, you're just reducing the time he gets a chance to kind of have an impact and defenders can just do the whole, you know, as you saw today, for parts of the game, it was three three on one against him. But if you've given him, you know, a, a kind of a, a starting run at the, the fullback from minute zero, um, you know, you, you're just widening that opportunity for him to have an impact. And, and that's what he ended up doing. So, yeah, I'm all for that. Um, and especially against a team like Bournemouth, who... As you know, the BT Sport commentators like to remind us, you haven't kept a clean sheet for a while. Um, they're there to be got at, fragile club. Um, and uh, yeah, why would you not have your most potent weapon out there to to do the damage? What camp are you guys in? Would would you, you know, it's one of those, isn't it? Really, with Traore, I think there was a chat on the group discussion about the fact that he creates such an impact coming from the bench, but. He's such an asset to, to have on the sidelines. What what were your thoughts? I just personally think you start you you start your best team. Um, the you know we've got three three games in in seven days. Uh, 
you know, it didn't it didn't happen tonight, but there was a chance with the side that he started that Wolves were three up at half time and then you can you can roll the changes. And and as Gully said, if you put if you put Troy Ray on, he's for from the start and give him seventy minutes, it's just heightening your chances of him because he will get past the full back and he will get past him a number of times and you're just increasing the number of times that he's that he's got chance to to do what he did in the second half. So I'm I'm always for starting Troy Ray. I don't really see what Dendonka would have offered in from starting there anyway. Bournemouth sort of packed the midfield and it would have just packed it a little bit more with Dendonka in there anyway. Yeah, I echo the same. And, and I think you run the risk. You, you know exactly how Bournemouth are going to play. Um, limit the opportunities as much as you can. So why wouldn't you allow your most potent chance creator at the moment to, uh, you know, be allowed to make those chances? Um, it just makes sense, really. You know, echoing back to the, the, the last game before this all happened, Brighton, where um, it was just so hard to break them down. Um Obviously, with quite their, their physical presence, so you put your most you know impactful weapon on and, and try to break uh, break them down as best as you can, and it happened eventually, which is fantastic. And, and it's a credit to Troy Ori being on, you know, when he did. If he wasn't on, he never would have had that chance. So, you know, I echo the um, statement from uh, from the lads here. And just um, uh, uh, Gully touched on on BT there, which has reminded me as, as as Ben referenced just before we were coming on, just to to mention. Um, the whole um, um, crowd noise issue with with the fans um, of Bournemouth being played out. Did you listen to it in that capacity, or did you have to turn the sound off? And how how did you find that experience as well? Really, I know we've we've had the West Ham game previous of um, you know the the orchestrated sound, and and how are you, are you getting used to it now, or can you get used to it? I've thought that when for the West Ham game, they um, they shot it so close to the pitch without that you really you couldn't see the rest of the stadium as it was empty. Um, so the crowd noise really it flowed a little, it flowed all right. I thought, but I was kind of in and out of the crowd noise on 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 this game. Like I, I could I could hear the chanting, and I thought to myself, I can't really recognise this. Is this isn't what I thought <laughs> it was going to be? Um, and it wasn't until Ben um, twigged on to you know and and told us that. It was um, for you know, Bournemouth chance, and I thought to myself, you know what, it is. What's, what the hell is going on here? Uh, it's mental to be fair. I don't know what the justification is. I just, I just think they got. I, just to me, it just sounded like they'd got the fixture the wrong way around. It sounded like Bournemouth <laughs> bought about forty thousand fans. I've heard anything like it, even in stoppage time. Like it was, it was more hostile than the Besiktas game. Like, yeah. Much more hostile. <laughs> And it was a Bournemouth home game in the middle of June. And I, 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 I was just going to say as well, we've got to get a mention for, for Adam Price, his face appearing as well after one of the goals. So I know I want us to mention that as well. Um, but in, t- in terms of the game, so that's kind of the experience around it. Typical first half, really, for Wolves. The safe booking, a nil-nil. Um, you know, Bournemouth didn't offer much, but we didn't offer too much in the first half either. I'll, I'll, I'll sympathise with the players on this one because outdoors since about five o'clock this evening, but <laughs> it it just feels like my the, the walls within my house are emanating heat, so I can't imagine how bad it was to be running around in that. Um, so if the, if there is a bit of a caveat to a slow start to the game, you know, totally warranted in many ways because it's um, it's uh, disgustingly hot 
out there today. I think this is... Sorry, go on, man. Yeah, I just think... I think Wolves are just playing it quite cleverly. I'd say in mm. the first two games, I would probably say they've been in above second gear for maybe 25 minutes of the two games. Probably the last 20 against West Ham and the first 10 of the second half today. Aside from that, they've conserved energy quite well. Um, and I think that's going to come into play. Like There's, there's teams... Wolves could have quite easily press Bournemouth every time they had the ball, but that's not a long-term route to success. I don't think in this... It's, it's basically a new, a new type of football because not only the amount of games, but the, the hotter weather as well. And I think Wolves are just playing it really, really cleverly in the first two games. We'll see if that continues, but I'm definitely giving them the benefit of the doubt that it's more of a tactical thing than a, than a just slow start. We're like, um, we're like one of those energy-efficient light bulbs that starts <laughs> off really dim, but the longer you leave it on, you soon realise, oh, the, the room's lit all of a sudden. I can actually see my hand in front of my face. Exactly um, like that. Exactly. <laughs> well, you are right. You are right, Ben, to be fair, because it doesn't ever feel like um, we get the rub of the green in a lucky moment and then we're all of a sudden, we, we, we scraped a win. It does seem like it's a concert, it, it's uh, a conscious effort to then push on towards the second half of the second half, potentially, and then push towards for the win. It never seems like we're panicking and, 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 and playing um you know silly balls just to hope that someone makes a mistake it does seem like a conscious effort so tactically you think you're probably right mate to be fair particularly now that it's basically the game's four quarters now because those those water breaks are coming in regimentally after after 23 minutes after 68 minutes because the the first the first game that kick-on came after the second half water break yeah and then today's kick-on came straight after half time so it's almost like nuno is picking portions of the game Mm-hmm. To to have these sort of 10, 15 minute bursts at teams rather than rather than expending energy for 90 minutes. So I think I think teams I think Wolves more than anyone are are looking at games in quarters. And you've seen that sort of bear its reward, uh, rewards in the first in the first couple of games. I do yeah. I do think that you, you can kind of only play that way if you've got that foundation that we've got in place. We never look threatened. Um, defensively, well, certainly not not by West Ham. Obviously, um, you know, not necessarily the strongest arguments um, in terms of attacking um, play um, in, that the Premier League has to offer. But at the same time, they just didn't lay a glove on us for the last 180 minutes. Mm. I like how the um, I was quite critical at the start of the season how a lot of the cliches from like commentary teams was talking about how we're not going to be able to cope with the amount of games and it was like a really easy thing for people to to pick on when um when it comes to like post game but now in the two games we have played all I've heard is well, Wolves know how to deal with this many games and they you know they're well equipped for this now it's another lazy cliche has been born from it really but it's, it's no surprise is it? it's 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 easy an easy thing to pick up on I guess it's game management, isn't it? I think, and, and it's there's so much science that goes into it. And as, as as Ben referenced, this is the new normal, and you have to approach games differently. So you you can polarise the argument in terms of a slow start, but also you can say, well, it's using that, you know, like you say that that um, urgency when when it's needed. And 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 going into the second half, we um, made the breakthrough. I think on the sixty minutes mark. Um, Similar to the West Ham game, Traore cross, Jimenez header, 
Jimenez, I think now um, most goals in um, in the competition, uh, in all competitions, as a Premier League striker. It, it's kind of it was predictable, but it was all good all the same. So, how did you view the second half? You could see, I think that, like I say, Ben said um, after half time, we really came out and put our foot on the gas a little bit. We weren't necessarily creating lots and lots of chances, but. We were kind of camped in uh, the Bournemouth half, and it it felt you know Troyer had a couple of runs I think before yeah he eventually put the cross in for the goal that he was um, he was getting to his fullback a little bit more at that point in time. Um, the, the thing that amazed me about it again though was that it, carbon copy of of the West Ham goal like we say, but Jimenez was the only bloke in in the box against kind of four Bournemouth defenders I think ultimately and. I think a lot of teams have taken the approach that, okay, try all right, let him get to the byline, let him cross the ball. We've got enough bodies in there to kind of manage that. Um, but the the deliveries that he's put in in the last couple of games, I don't know if Nuno's just had him doing that repeatedly, all you know, all locked down in his garden or something maybe. Um, but um, he's he's got he's got that cross down to a tee now, and him and his coming in at the back post with that header is is a brilliant, really well worked goal. Yeah, it is to be fair. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the the if you're a, if you're a Bournemouth defender there, you've really got to be disappointed, and especially um, Eddie Howe will be disappointed because it, it's as clear as day. Um, that's the aim. That's that's the that's what works, and it's been worked before. So why wouldn't we attempt it now? And you know, I'm not saying uh, Jimenez had he was able to walk into the ball and head it in unopposed, but he didn't feel like he had a you know he had a major physical battle to win that header, and it's. Really shambolic defending from my point of view. Um, just, I mean, we've said this how many times now. Um, it's really great that Traore is flashy, skillful, pacing. And it was just now that the end product's there, he's becoming the complete total package. And being able to have that partnership is so important um, in, a, um, in a successful team that, you know, long may it continue. I just hope it does. One point I want to make on, on Traore, and I think it does, I think it does get overlooked a bit because... You know, even when when anyone describes Traore, the, obviously the first thing you talk about is his pace, his strength. I don't think people actually appreciate how intelligent he is when he dribbles with the ball as well. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of like using defenders and and picking holes, I think Genus spoke about it in in the first half after his after his run through the middle. The way the way he picks gaps and the way he can sort of uh, manipulate his body to get into gaps. I've I've never seen another runner with the ball that's got that kind of ability to to shift his weight one way and the other and, and roll he, and just pick gaps. It's just so intelligent. He compared it to a running back, didn't he? And it is it is that. But with your with the ball at your feet, that is just incredible to yeah. actually manage that, you know, manipulation of his body and the ball all at the same. That was probably my favourite moment of the game, but, you know, regardless of the goal, I think. It was just unbelievable watching him just suddenly decide you know what I'm just going to take three or four people on here and see what happens <laughs> it was it was quite fantastic yeah my, my favorite Traore skill like his signature move is when he's basically on all fours like yeah. during a run and he still somehow continues on the turn and it's just it's like he gets himself in the blocks to carry off sprinting into the into the opposition half but he does it quite a lot like you'll see him and you think oh he's falling over and then he's just got like the the sort of strength and the skill to keep the ball. He's just an absolutely astonishing, astonishing footballer. Matt, would you say Traore man of the match? 
I think so. Yeah, I mean, in a game not exactly flush with quality, you know, I think he got two really, and so far he's definitely been the most impactful player over the two the two games that we've played. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Um, I think Troy Ray has made these pods a little bit easier to record, thanks to his hard work and 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 obviously his assists through the two games. I think one player we need to mention in the on the reverse, and obviously disagree if you feel inclined, is Jota or Hotta, as as Dan says, we need to refer to him as. Um, not a good game for um, for him tonight. Do you think he's uh, he's at threat with with Neto uh, for the Villa game, or did you think actually he, he did okay? I think I don't think. Too disappointing with his performance. Um, he's kind of become a victim of us being a poor first, not a poor first half team, but maybe not the most um, attacking first half team. If he's on that pitch for the first 45 minutes, you know, you're looking at him kind of feeding off scraps a little bit and trying to produce something out of nothing because we're not pressing on as a whole team. If he had a little bit more support, Perhaps um, he would be, you know, producing a few more goods. And I think the the break didn't come at a good time for him. He was in a really good run of form at the time, from what I remember. Um, but yeah, yeah, Neto's cameos. I thought he was even better today than uh, than he was on um, and on Saturday, frankly. And uh, you know, that that kind of quality option to to be able to bring him in, I would have no qualms with him starting. I would have no qualms with Jota starting um, on Saturday, to be honest. So a nice luxury to have. Yeah, I'm in the same camp really. I think I think if Neto starts, I think it's more of a product that he's impressed when he's come on rather than that Jota's been sort of noticeably he's, poor. I just think that he's, he's just a, an option that we've got and Neto's performed in his two in his two appearances off the bench, he's performed really well. But that's not to say that Jota doesn't come off the bench if that's the way that it goes on Saturday. I could see Jota coming off the bench and ripping Villa to pieces in the final 20 minutes. He's got to score, though, Neto. Yeah. That he, having done all that hard work, I was really quite disappointed with the finish, actually. Yeah. Um, but um, hopefully he'll be working on that. He's uh, he's had a few moments like that this season. Well, the, I'm glad you brought that up, though. Sorry, Matt. One of the, one of the big moments, wasn't it, that Neto chance? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's one of those dream goals, isn't it, that, um, you know, he skins... A handful of players and then has the finish. Um, I thought we were looking at a certain red card as well, but he was even faster than his man um, to, to get over the, to get over and, and start the chance. I, what I what I find just bizarre sometimes is that I think to myself, well, you know, Jota's not firing at 100%, so let's, you know, it's important to get a young player some minutes, but then like Jota's 23, but carries himself <laughs> like, with a bit more mature, you know, he's quite a mature player um, that, that we see. So it's... It, a fantastic problem for us to have really as an infrastructure that we've got all this young talent that we haven't seen the actual full potential of yet and we get to you know talk about bringing Neto on and, and, and giving him game time and experience when we haven't seen the best of uh, Jota yet and he can really turn into you know a really wonderful player it's just a great uh, a great problem for us to have and, and on, just, go on, sorry, sorry on on match I know we're I know we're jumping back a bit, but I'm man of the match. I thought um, I thought Bolly was Bolly was the best player in the Wolf shirt for me. Um, I know Adam had the sort of the 
the defining moment in with the assist. I just thought Bolly's just absolutely imperious. It's six clean sheets in seven games since he's come back. Conceded twice. Mm. He's just he's just developed more so since more so since his return from injury. He's just I, I would I wouldn't swap him for any other centre back except for Van Dijk in the whole Premier League. I think he's that good. Yeah, I'd Bolly down as my man of the match as well. Yeah. And anybody else that that's that stood out? Um, it it just felt like I don't think there I mean, was was there really um, the game the game as a whole just kind of felt a little bit not it wasn't it wasn't a, necessarily a bad game but it, it was very like, it was very vanilla wasn't it it was yeah kind of, yeah it was just not too much happened and, I thought Matinho was quite was neat in midfield didn't give yeah. the ball away I thought Neves gave the ball away quite a lot he's probably is. He was disappointing after how good he was against West Ham, but yeah. he was. I don't. I don't think any Wolves player was bad. Um, it was just one of them. He's probably all sort of sevens, except for the for the couple that we mentioned. Put it this way: <laughs> on the on the end of season DVD, this will be part of the montage, not a featured game. Put it that way. <laughs> yeah. I, I I was just gonna one word of no, no, what would think I've got. Uh, we'll move on to yeah. Mm. Sorry, sorry. No, sorry. no, go on. Just one, one final word of caution on, on the way things are going at the moment. I mean, we've won a game. Saturday, two chances, two goals. Today, one chance, one goal. It's incredibly efficient, obviously, at the moment. But how realistic is it that that's going to continue till the end of the season? I'm, I'm not point. so sure. It'd be nice for us to create a few more chances, I think. And um, going forward, obviously we're just doing enough to win games at the moment, so you know, no, no real issues to discuss. But I'm sure Nuno will be thinking about it. Going, I suppose forward. my counter argument to that would be the quality of chances that they are creating. So yeah. although although there was only two chances against West Ham, one's a header from five yards out, and Neto's volley was superb, but it was still ten yards good out chance. after a good it's cross. A good chance, yeah. Yeah, and then today again is a cross from sort and a header from eight yards. So. Yeah, I, I do appreciate that we're not because we're, we're not really we're not creating a great deal, but we are creating quality chances. No, I've, and I think this is it. I, I think, and, and it's to, to Ben's point for me, it's the fact that we just don't look threatened as well. And, and the only other person I was going to mention, really, if we're looking at players before we draw Bournemouth to a close, was Patricio. And that might be like, OK, well, he literally had nothing to do. But actually, at the start of the game, particularly with Billing, they were going quite direct. He just, you know, exudes calmness, doesn't he? And I think that transfers all the way through the defence. So I think a worthy mention for him as well. Um, but as I mentioned, um, we're going to look at Villa after this. Hey, it's David here. Now, I know you. You love a bloody good website, don't you? Look, come on, you do. You like a good website. If you're on your phone, you're on your computer thinking, I want to see a bloody good website. I'm going to go find one right now. If you want a bloody good website 
and you want one for yourself, for your business, why don't you go check out our sponsors, pixelyetimedia.com. They don't just do websites, of course. They do loads of different things for your marketing needs, such as design work and brochures. And they do our website as well, wallsfancast.com. It's a really good design. We're really pleased with the work over at the guys at pixelyetimedia.com. So, again, you're looking at some websites, you're thinking, oh, I really want a website that looks that good just for me and my business. Why don't you go check them out right now at pixelyetimedia.com. Okay, so um excited. Is that what I feel about Villa coming up? And I think that's probably in reference to our form and perhaps what we're seeing from Villa as well. Um, we've we've mentioned a couple of potential changes. Um, before we, we look at that game in a little bit of detail, um, do you expect to see or would you like to see any changes for the Villa game, uh, Matt? I wouldn't mind. I'm impartial. I wouldn't mind a Neto start just to see um, the opportunity for the player. Um, I think, as we mentioned earlier about Troyora, I think he starts, for me, knowing how calamitous Villa can be in defence, um, which is surprising, obviously, with who they've got as their backroom staff. Um, I, I think any of the combination of kind of Neto, um, Jota, Traore playing works for me. I don't think um, I don't think there'll be any major wholesale changes, and nor should there be. Um, I would like to see Neto start though, purely to see what he can do, you know, over an extended period of time. Ben, do you, do you expect to see any changes or any that you you would you want to see? I, I don't want to kind of be. Maybe we should be arrogant actually and think. Well, you know, can we take the foot off the pedal? You know, this will be the third game in a short space of time. Will that come into his thinking as well? Well, based the the team that Villa have put out today with a midfield three of Grealish, Douglas Louise, and and McGinn. You know, I, I think there's there's a lot of holes there, and I'd I'd be quite happy to only play two central midfielders, even though they've got the extra man in there. Um, the quality of their nine other players as well, or just the two. <laughs> well, that's that is all they've got really. But um, you know the the quality that they've got in fullback areas as well. I think you just, I think. I would maybe swap Neto for Jota, but again, it would just be a, a coin flip. Really, I'd have no, I'd have no issue with either playing, and then you just go strongest eleven. You've got seven days off after this. You win this, and and you're in a very, very good position if you take nine points from these three games. Gullian, for yourself, I think it's all about keeping the the momentum of the last couple of games going. Um, I don't think. The players uh, will be suffering too much at the moment. I think we, we haven't necessarily overexerted ourselves in in victory. Um, so yeah, I'd probably go same as today. I, I definitely see us being able to get on the front foot with the three man forward line against Villa, as opposed to dropping Dendonka in there as we might otherwise do. Um, besides, I guess the only thing we really want to be wary of is uh, Grealish trying to win free kicks against us, but. Other than that, I'm, I'm very confident again of a Wolves victory. I, I guess on that then, Gully, um, and we'll we'll come to to uh, yourself, Ben and, and Matt. Predictions, Gully. First up, a, a win. What what score line do you reckon then? I I reckon it's going to be a two nil. I reckon it'll be two nil again. Okay, Ben. What you reckon? Um, yeah, I'd go for. I'm gonna. Oh, I hate them. I'm gonna go for three nil. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, Matt. Uh, I've got it in my head that we'll concede one. Don't know why. Just it's just a, a premonition, maybe. I had a, 
I had a bet at the start of the season with a friend that City would score more than the bottom three combined. And I'm hoping that Villa, uh, who will be in the bottom three by my prediction, will just about scrape that bet uh, in my friend's favour. So I think they'll I think they'll score, but I think we'll win comfortably still 3-1. OK, I'm going to go 2-1 two, two Wolves win, um, hopefully, yeah. Uh... For Villa. So um, before we close, um, Dan has kindly sent us a quiz. Um, it's a new quiz, so I'm just getting familiar with it myself. Um, but if you listen to the last episode, I think the premise of it um, is around Richard Osman's um, answer smash. So basically, there's two answers to, to one question. And the example that he's given me is uh, Wall's all time leading goal scorer and a demolition vehicle. So that would be Steve Bulldozer. Does that kind of make sense in terms of the theme of the, this this quiz? Shall yep. we see how we get on? Yeah. <laughs> all, all clear, all clear. Cool. So, Are we, is it just pass this finger first? Uh, yeah, it's 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 got to be, I guess, really in this in this premise. Or, or we we can kind of do it as a round. But I think let's go with fastest finger first and see if you get it. Um, who gets it first? So, um, first question. Former Wolves and Villa defender mixed with a cosy dwelling. Jody and Les Cottage. Oh, oh correct. So that's another chance to even write it down on my notepad. There. <laughs> <laughs> what one to gully? Next one. Okay. Wolves' greatest player, in the words of George Best and Sir Alex Ferguson, and a local retail park. So, who, who, in the opinion of George Best and Alex Ferguson, was Wall's greatest player? And also, the mash together is with a local retail park. I don't know the local retail parks. I'm not from... P- Peter Broad Bentley Bridge. Correct. Storming ahead. It's that, it's that local retail park knowledge. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> that's it. That's all it's about. I was there going, St. Mark's? St. Mark's what? St. Mark's, St. John's? <laughs> okay, next one up is former... These are obviously all Wolves and Villa themed. So, former Wolves and Villa striker and Harley Quinn actress. Margot Robbie Keane. Correct. Ah, okay. So, we got one for Matt. And um got two more to go. So all-time Wolves great and former Villa striker who is leader of the Fellowship of the Ring. I've got silence. Can, can Which is Gray? Gray? Andy Gray? <laughs> Something to do with Andy Gray and Gandalf. Can I have, can I have the, the clues again? Yeah, so it's all-time Wolves great. Um, which I know is quite a, <laughs> a broad term, but also a former Villa striker who is leader of the Fellowship of the Ring. I've got absolutely fine. Sure, okay. Well, the, yes. the uh... Eric do Gandalf. Correct. Ah, uh, they. Okay. Oh, yeah. There you go. That's that's a, a finish at the back post, that is, in the last minute. Um, so it's two to Gully, one to Matt, one to Ben. Um, I haven't got a tiebreaker, to be fair, unless this is a tiebreaker. Uh, sorry, Dan. Um, last question. Current, current Wolves winger and character made famous by James Gandolfini. Oh, 
I don't know what his name is. So, current Wolves swinger and character made famous by James Gandolfini. I've only watched James one episode of I've watched one episode of The Sopranos. I'm guessing it's the person out of that. Okay. Oh, cross. What the hell's his name? Pedro Neto. Is it Tony Soprano? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gully, you made my life easier because you're a clear winner. That's great. <laughs> so, well done, that's, so that's 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 the quiz. Um, as we mentioned at the, the the start of the podcast, we want to thank everybody um, for for your support. Uh, we're putting out the pods obviously very frequently with the. Um, uh, the fixture schedule and um, the next pod will, I think, I guess be due post Villa, which obviously we're all hopeful and confident um, of another Wolves win. Um, for, for now, um, thank you to Gully. Come on, you cherries, is it that we were meant to be singing all game? Come on, you cherries. Uh, we'll keep the red flag flying high. Yeah. <laughs> and any other um, <laughs> bomb of this is for, for you, Matt? Uh, Eddie has bought me on. We might we love him, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> so no, thank, thank, thanks to you guys for for um for the pod tonight. Thanks for listening, and uh, until next time, we'll see you soon. <laughs>